that nobody was prepared for this and nobody can believe mm-hmm. um, both uh, both the uh, the saturation that we have of shortages of how many there are and the duration of them. Folks are going to benefit from having access to part data, having access to information that can help make informed decisions. Um, and, and we think that that's a great place where Octopart serves an industry need. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. This is Judy Warner at On Track Podcast. We're glad to have you back with us this week. And this week, you're going to meet Dan Schoenfelder, who is the head of Octopart. He's going to tell you about sort of the COVID effects, the new things you can see in Octopart, and the ways that COVID has impacted their business. I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation. So lean in, enjoy. I'll see you on the other side. Welcome to Altium's On Track Podcast, where we talk to leaders about PCB design, tackling subjects ranging from schematic capture all the way to the manufacturing floor. I'm your host, Judy Warner. Please listen in every week and subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, and all your favorite podcast apps. And be sure to check out the show notes at altium.com forward slash podcast, where you can find great resources and multiple ways to connect with us on social media. Well, hey, Dan, how are you? Hi, Judy. How are you? Good. I still, I see that you're still working remote as I am. So, um, you know, I, it feels like we're starting to get out of COVID. So. Yeah. I'm coming to you here from my, uh, my home office in Denver, Colorado. Well, it around me, things are starting to open up. And so I wanted to reach out to you this week and find out sort of how Octopart has weathered this last 15 months and, course there's been a lot of distress in in supply chain and I knew you've got some new features that have come out so I'm sure we have a lot to cover but before we get going why don't you talk a little bit about your background um, and then just a little blurb about Octopart and then uh, we'll jump into our conversation. Yeah yeah sounds good thanks Judy. Um, so uh, so I've, I've been with Altium uh, for, for just a little bit more than four years now um, I, uh, I joined to, to kind of lead and manage the business-facing team at, uh, at Octopart. Um, and then about 18 months ago, I took over uh, as head of Octopart and have been in that role since that time. Um, prior to joining Altium, I spent several years at, uh, at Aero Electronics in their digital group and mm. focused on businesses like their marketplace in Verical and Aero.com. Um, and then prior to that, I was in uh, contract manufacturing with Flex. Um, and, and, and spent some time, uh, I, I call it a tour of duty, uh, uh, <laughs> where I, uh, I managed global supply chains for, for, for large customers and client engagements that Flex had, uh, such as, as Hewlett Packard and Juniper Networks. So I, I like to say that I've seen this industry from, a, from several different perspectives and seats, and it gives me kind of a, a, uh, a humble and, and well-rounded approach to all the different stakeholders uh, and all the different careabouts that are out there in this industry, because the interests um, and uh, are, the interests are diverse out there, and uh, and I think it's important to understand where your collaborators, where your clients, where your customers, what what are the perspective that they're bringing when they're trying to solve problems. So uh, so I like to think that I have a, a pretty diverse background. Well, what I hear you saying is 
you know, you've earned your stripes and you've got the, <laughs> the bruises to account for it, which is a little bit how I think of myself yeah, too. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> well, it sounds like a really interesting perspective to bring to Octopart though, sort of seeing all the different facets because it's a complex world. Um, so COVID last 15 <laughs> months. So what a great time to take over as the head of Octopart. Yeah, it was uh... 18 months ago and then, you know, be tossed into a pandemic 15 months ago and then comp worldwide component shortage. So I don't think there's probably, uh, yeah, you're probably not sleeping a lot these days. <laughs> That's one way to describe <laughs> it. Uh, I don't think I ever slept a lot to begin with, but, uh, but still, uh, yeah, it's it's been a, it was it's been a really interesting time to uh, to, to to lead a team and to to try to maintain um, um, a product roadmap um, and, and some velocity to it. Um, I will say that uh, uh, I remember meeting with our team leads uh, the first week of, of of March in 2020, and I was really naive about what I think. COVID would, what COVID would become and what I thought, how I thought it would impact our business. Um, I thought we'd be closed. You know, we decided to close our office around that time. And I thought we'd be closed for several weeks to several months. But by the middle of the summer of 2020, I'd be back in New York City at our, at our headquarters um, and, and, you know, and working face to face with the team. Um, but clearly little did I know um, at that time. Um, it, uh, it's it's had obviously much more far-reaching effects, um, you know. In the short term, I think that uh, it was, you know, just an absolute wonder as to what was going to happen in the semiconductor industry and in the component space in general. Um, and it's now resulted in kind of helping to create this uh, perfect storm that's created this insane uh, market that we're in right now for 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 components. Mm -hmm. But but I will say this: I want to I want to shout out to my wonderful team, like the, the, the people that are solving Octopart problems and, and focused on both our users and our customers day to day, um, they've rallied uh, throughout the last 15 months and have really uh, delivered on, uh, again, on, on the roadmap, the things that we'd like to accomplish. And, uh, and I'm really proud of, of, of the way the team has responded to COVID and, um, and how we've all, uh, you know, been able to, uh, to, to deliver for all team. Yeah, well, the the handful of people I know on the Octopart team, I think very highly of. You have a really uh, rather young, dynamic team that has a go getter attitude, and they're they're just wonderful. So well, I appreciate that. Um, I, I, I I do uh, I do skew the uh, the average age to a little bit older in our organization. Personally, I do, uh, but but I yeah. agree that uh, it's a. Uh, it's a, it's a great young group of, of people that, uh, that we have at Octopart. Yeah, they're super sharp and just great people. So yeah. I think they're fun for, I think they're great, the customer-facing ones. I think that they just do a lot of good. So, well, you've talked to me about this idea, um, sort of that's baked into your DNA about the democratization of information. Can you unpack that a little bit and and tell me what you mean by that exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, as as a veteran of this industry, I think you'll appreciate um, kind of how, how much, particularly digitally, this industry and the component space has grown over the last, say, 15 years. Um, 
if you think about the collateral that was available online to uh, to designers, to component engineers, to buyers, um, if you think about the collateral that was online and available to them 12 years ago or 15 years ago, mm-hmm. it was very hard to find anything online, even 10 years ago. Um, you know, I have vivid recollections of, of when I started in the, um, in the digital group at Arrow. There were several major manufacturers that were completely averse to even showing their inventory online, much less their pricing. Um, data sheets were very much uh, uh, something that uh, if you did get them in any sort of digital form, it was on a CD-ROM. Um, and, uh, and, and those things weren't available. And you think about now where the industry has progressed to, um, mm-hmm. you know, price and availability and data sheets and descriptions and images, these are table, table stakes. And these are, these are, um, these are expectations that, that, that our stakeholders and our users have that this information is readily available to users. So, so yeah, you, you use the phrase that I like to, to, to use, which is, is, is democratizing part data. And, uh, and, and that is something that we feel very passionately about because we believe it serves the interest of both the user community at Octopart, but it also serves our, our clients, our customers, our partners and stakeholders. Right. So really to give them that sense of transparency and access, right? And, you know, you could get a CD-ROM and not know that was outdated one and still have it sitting on Precisely, your desk. Precisely, yeah. You know? I think just uh, it, it's the information, <laughs> it's, it's access to the revision controls and, and, and understanding not just the part data itself, but the recency of that data and having confidence in it. And I think that's something that the Octopart team is really proud of, of the tools that we've built. Um, and the access that we give. There, there are very low barriers to entry to, to, to functioning on Octopart. You can come in anonymously and search and get a very rich history of a part, uh, w- again, without having to, uh, to, to, to cross very many barriers. Um, there are some advanced features. We'll, I, hopefully, we'll talk about a few of them with regard to yep. uh, potentially our, our, our bomb tool and, and to CAD models. There are some features where you do need to sign in and, and become a registered user to take advantage of those. While free, they, they do require a, a, you know an, an email and a password. Uh, but uh, but by and large, most of the research that can be done at Octopart can be done for free. Yeah, that's great. Well, that's a perfect segue because that's what I wanted to ask you about next is like new features and what you've been up to in regards to advancing uh, the trajectory of your roadmap. So why don't you tell us about um, the bomb tool? And I know that I think you have a parts notification feature too. So why don't you start with the the enhancement of the bomb tool and what that's going to mean for say our listeners that, that, that access your data on a regular basis. Right. The, the bomb tool at Octopart has been something that's existed for, it, it, it predates my tenure at Octopart. Um, and it, it kind of went into a maintenance mode for a period of time. And then over the last say six to nine months, we've really spent a lot of time trying to go back, back and revamp what the bomb tool is and the use cases that it satisfies and how users can interact with that bomb tool. Um, and in a few of the updates that we've done, uh, one that I think is really cool is, is we, we've, we've built in a machine learning uh, column detection uh, tool. So historically, when you've uploaded bombs to a bomb tool or uh, what users will find is you have to sort columns. You have to, to, to make your potentially your manufacturer part number the first column and, and move things uh, into right. a certain sequence. 
What we've done is created a tool that now will detect the contents of each column, what the fields are, so that you don't have to do any sorting or manipulation of your files up front. You can just upload your document as it exists, and our BOM tool will automatically detect exactly what those columns are, what those headers are. Uh, there's a batch size calculator now in the new BOM tool. So not only can you see you know, what parts are available and how are they priced, um, you can do so according to the batch size that you're planning on producing. So if you want to look at um, price breaks that are at 1,000 pieces or price breaks that are at 10,000 pieces, mm-hmm. our, our, our BOM tool now right. will ca- calculate the pricing according to your batch size. So I, I think that's a, that's a really great oh, nice. uh, feature. There's some other simple ones when it comes to UX, like all of the columns are now sortable uh, within the BOM tool. So if you get a list of parts returned that has various uh, different uh, um, availabilities from um, everything from like highly inventory parts to to parts that that may have a no result found, you can now sort by those no result founds to understand where are the problems within your BOM. We've also added specs, um, so you can see lifecycle information, you can see lead time information, you can see things like Rojas compliance, all in that BOM tool experience and that and that main view, which I think helps users whittle down that BOM into into what's working well and what's not working well inside of this bill of material, and and where do they need to focus? Hmm. That's fascinating. Um... You talked about um, sort of this, the global price and availability and also the embeddable experience. So can you talk about specifically embeddable experience? Yeah, absolutely. There's kind of two things I'd like to unpack in that question. Um, The the first one is, is yes, we, we do have a global price and availability tool. Um, And that is, that is essentially taking the, the power of the aggregation and normalization work that's done at Octopart um, and, and making that such that somebody can embed what you see in the, in the, in the search results and the offer table on octopart.com. You can embed that experience inside of your own mm-hmm. tools or inside of a web experience. Um, and this is something that we're working towards as part of our, part of our strategy of our product roadmap is not just developing features, but developing features that can be embeddable. So just like this global price and availability tool we just mentioned, the BOM tool is an embeddable experience mm-hmm. as well, too. It's one with just a few lines of code. A developer can take that BOM tool and, and inject that into, again, an internal tool or into a, a web experience that is, that is not part of, uh, part of Octopart. Uh, and, and so uh, I think it, it really gives us flexibility in this feature to, to, to not just have impact inside of the octopart.com experience, but it allows that experience to be syndicated elsewhere. Um, and, and we hope that it'll be, become a bomb tool that gets wide adoption across the industry and in and, and a wide variety of use cases. And so that embeddable experience, I imagine that would prevent people saying, from having to leave their native environment, open another tab, go to a search, bring back it. It it's right in the environment where the design or the the um, sourcing may be accessible. Is that the main goal of that, that embeddable experience? That's that's exactly right, uh, Judy. What we're trying to do is empower people inside of their workflow. 
if their workflow is hampered by having to leave and go to octopark.com um, and can be improved by, by developers inside of their organization, embedding our bomb tool into their workflow, absolutely. So they don't have to leave their tools. They don't have to open a new browser window. They don't have to, to do all that and, and scrub a bomb and, and get it ready for, uh, for upload. Like all these things are things that we'd like to streamline. And again, help others do things inside of how their processes and how their work is done today. Um, by the way, for listeners, I'm putting links below. So make sure when Dan and I are done chatting it up, you go check that out because you can get more information. One, you can go to the Octoport website, but you can also get more information if you want to talk to someone about that embeddable experience, if that sounds interesting to you. Um, Dan, I, I don't even know that it's clear to me, even as an LTM employee, but how does this overlap or dovetail with um, things like active bomb inside of all team designer. And then we'll talk a little bit more about, um, you know, Nexar as well. We're doing all these, these things. And it, sometimes I think it's, it's hard for me to track, <laughs> but I'm sure you could straighten yeah. it out for me. So what say you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, so the bomb tool inside of, uh, that you'll find in Octopart is going to be the same bomb tool experience inside of Altium 365, um, uh, it is different from Active Bomb. Um, I think the consistency between Active Bomb and the Bomb tool on Altium 365 or on Octopart um, is that the underlying data that powers that is the same. So the price and availability information, um, the, uh, the 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 part specifications and technical attributes, all of those are powered by the by by the same data. Uh, but it is a different UX and a different feel um, in Active Bomb than what you would find in in that new Bomb tool that you'll find on A three sixty five or in Octopart. Another uh, new feature you talked about was parts notification. Can you unpack that for our listeners? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think this is an extremely timely uh, feature uh, for the users of Octopart in that. Uh, what this is going to allow users to do is get notifications on any specific part and distributor combination um, that uh, that is interesting to them. Um, so there are many parts, for example, Judy, that are not not currently available in distribution. Users will be able to go in, select that part, and then pick what threshold do they want to be notified by us. Um, what uh, what threshold of inventory do they want to be notified? Mm. Um, when that threshold is met again. Uh, so if a part has zero inventory uh, available across authorized distributors today, a user can go in and select the authorized distributors that are important to them and get notified when that part comes back into inventory. Um, also, users can use this as a tool to alert themselves when inventory may be approaching um, scarcity in the market. Um, so, so let's say that a user wants mm -hmm. to be identified when uh, one of their uh, key distributors, be it Digikey, Arrow, or Mauser, when one of their key distributors um, has less than, say, a thousand pieces in stock. They want to be notified because they see that as being risky to their business to not have that buffer of inventory and distribution. We will send an alert to, uh, to those users configured to their needs as to what part availability looks like. And I think right now, given all the constraints we've seen in the market, 
given all the, the, the volatility we've seen with part availability, um, this is a feature that should resonate with users right now and something they can, they, they can use. Um, one other thing I'd like to add to this, uh, Judy, is, is yeah. this kind of uh, dovetails with some work that we did last year. Uh, and that is around kind of a, it, what we call a first class user experience. So we created, uh, we created a user dashboard mm, okay. where users can go and, and manage their preferences. They can manage the currency that they see. They can manage what distributors are preferred distributors on their, on their AVLs. Um, they can manage the bombs that they've uploaded to the bomb tool um, and, and save those bombs. Um, they can manage the, the CAD model downloads that they've had as well too and, and see those. Um, but they can also have a, have a, can create a watch list of parts now and with these part notifications and stock notifications to understand exactly what, what, is, what are the parts that they're concerned about, be it 10 parts, 50 parts, 100 parts, um, and create and manage that watch list from that user dashboard. It's a really friendly and simple way for, for users to, to, to keep up to date on all the things that they like to, uh, to track in their Octopart usage. Well, that was perfect because I, I was finding myself wanting to ask you, how do they get notified? Now, I know that anybody can go use Octopart.com for free. Is that dashboard part of your paid subscription or how, how exactly does that model work? Yeah, so so it's it's completely free, um, but you do have to create a you do have to register for an account with Octopus. Okay. So you will need to to provide an email address and create a password. Um, and uh, we do have uh, um, we do have authentication through Google if users would like to to uh, to take advantage of that. Um, it does simplify and streamline that process and uh, and helps you know manage passwords and things of that nature. But, uh, but, but it is to be really clear, Judy, that is not a paid feature. That is something okay. that, that comes for free. Yeah. Yeah. I'm always listening through our audience ears. It's like, that sounds too good <laughs> to be true. What's it going to cost me? But, um, I think it's important to note that, that how much functionality is available on octopart.com with, Ab absolutely. I think that's yeah. just so valuable and it, it, um, it really speaks to sort of the octopart vision of the democratization of, you know, part data. So that's really great. Now, what type of part data can users um, access that are um, really, really valuable and used regular? Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, I, I'd start off by saying that part data is core to the user experience at Octopart. And it's something that we take, uh, you know, very seriously, both in how we curate it uh, how we normalize it, how we present it, um, because uh, we we view every piece of part data as being a, a, a piece of a puzzle, and that puzzle is trying to solve for for trust. Mm. Um, you know, it's 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 trying to to give users a complete picture that they can trust using a part in a new design, uh, using a part um, as a substitute or alternative, mm. um, and uh, and so. In, in those ways, it's very much core to, to, to the user experience in general at Octopart. Um, you know, obviously we, we've for a very long time had very rich data when it comes to uh, where users can buy components. Mm -hmm. um, you, you, the distributor and direct component manufacturer price and availability. Um, we've done a great job of, of curating uh, uh, data sheets and images and descriptions and technical specifications. And all those things have existed on Octopart for some time. 
but what I would say, though, is, is we've, we've been trying to augment that with what we view as being that kind of that next phase of evolution. You know, we talked about 10 years ago, just getting price and availability online was a big deal. Right. And getting data sheet availability is a big deal. But we want to understand what is next for users. What is the next mm-hmm. thing that, that is going to, to help their workflows, that is going mm-hmm. to improve uh, um, that is going to improve their jobs. Um, so, so some of the data elements that we've added recently are lifecycle, where we have now um, you know millions and millions of parts with with lifecycle data that's that's up to date in real time. Uh, we have lead time for more than twenty million parts. We have wow. free CAD. We have free CAD models available for download for more than a million unique part numbers at this point in time as well too. Uh, so, so, so that lifecycle data, the lead time and the CAD models have been part of what we've been trying to curate over the last year or so and deliver that as part of the user experience. And all of that is now live on Octopart. And it's also available through the API as well, too. So, uh, so we're really proud of some of the work that we've done to, uh, to, 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 to again, bring it with, with very low barriers, bring a lot of this part data to the forefront for, for users to access it easily. I think it'd be interesting for our audience to know how many searches the volume of search on Octopart, <laughs> especially this year, it's increased dramatically. Yeah, um, I think you know th- this this year we're we're on pace to have somewhere around twenty million unique users that conduct a search on Octopart. Um, That's and, amazing. Uh, yeah, the growth of that has been tremendous uh, since my time of joining the team, um, and uh, and. And I would say uh, inside of any given month right now, we're seeing somewhere on the magnitude of, uh, of, of somewhere around five to, to six million searches, unique searches that are happening that's, each month. That's amazing. Um, so that puts a lot of pressure really on your team. And you talked about the reliability of the data, because if it's not good data, you know, that really affects your customers' businesses. So can you just give us a quick if you can do it quickly, um, sense of sort of how you quality control and make sure that you're yeah, putting yeah. good data into your system. Absolutely. Um, I, I would say it starts from the source. So, so we, we only partner with reputable sources for part information. Um, that is something that we take very seriously. Um, you know, and, and a lot of our data is either coming direct from the component manufacturer it's coming mm. from or, or from authorized distributors. That is a huge source of the information that we get. Um, and I'd like to also give a shout out to our user community as well, too, because our user community is very active and they let us know when things are not right. Uh, uh, oh, that's I encourage nice. if, if anybody out there that's listening to this that is an Octopart user, y- use our features to, to provide feedback because it is something that, uh, that we use to guide uh, both improving part data, uh, Judy, but also future feature development as well, too. Um, mm-hmm. I can tell you that, again, referencing uh, the enhancements we've made to the bomb tool, we most definitely took into account a lot of user feedback we've had over the years as to deficiencies with prior generations of the bomb tool and have tried mm-hmm. to incorporate that into what we're doing today. So uh, so, 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 you, curating the data from, from just ha- getting it from trusted sources and then also utilizing the power of that the, and the reach of our audience to help us uh, make sure that our information is up to date and is 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 um, you know as, as accurate as possible. I love that. I love how you close the loop on that, and you're getting that feedback to sort of make probably micro adjustments as you go and make sure so your community is giving you that kind of 
immediate sort of feedback or near immediate of that model. I kind of like that Ultium as a culture does that, you know, the development of our products and solutions. And uh, that sounds like a big win. So um, we, we touched briefly on Nexar, but I want to dig into that more for, for our audience. If you haven't heard about Nexar, it's, it's a rather new business unit we have here that's related to Altium 365. So it's a cloud solution where Altium 365 faces Altium users. The other side of Nexar is facing um, supply chain software integrations, um, you know, say simulation software, um, manufacturing. Um, what is the third thing I'm forgetting? Software manufacturing supply, supply chain. chain. Hello. How yeah. could I forget supply chain? <laughs> so um, that's something you can go look on nexar.com, but I wanted to keep you in the loop while da- uh, Dan and I dig into this for a moment. So um, tell us about Nexar and, and how that's related. I know we just came out with a really big, um, you'd mentioned, you know, facing Altium 365. So you can tell us about what Nexar, you know, provides to Octopark customers as well as Altium yeah, customers. Yeah, absolutely. And and I want to make sure something is clear is that is that Octopart is part of the Nexar business unit. It is a uh, it yep. is a core component of what the Nexar mm-hmm. business unit is. Um, and, and the tagline that we've been using for Nexar is that we're reinventing the business of electronics. And mm-hmm. and, and you mentioned uh, kind of three areas or the, the three domains that we like to think of things in, um, and that is the design domain, the supply chain domain, and the manufacturing domain. And yep. um, and building and uh, uh, designing and building electronics assemblies uh, is nothing short of a miracle, you know, given the challenges that the industry has presented to uh, to, to the stakeholders yep. out there, to the users out there. Um, mm-hmm. Those domains have been very separate historically and have been something that, that uh, um, has been a challenge to work through all those um, and to do so, do so seamlessly. Um, so, mm-hmm. so really what Nexar is about at a high level is kind of fusing the data behind those domains, uh, fusing the partner networks that are, that are important to making all of this possible, um, making design and, and realization of electronic assemblies possible. And, uh, and, and I think that the, the Octopart, the need that we are serving within the, the Nexar business unit is certainly, you know, it, it's, it's very much rooted in that supply chain domain. And it's rooted in Octopart being a rich source of, of, of information. But, but, but I also think about this in, in, in another dimension. It's also that the partners that we're trying to attract to Nexar that are software providers, mm-hmm. that are manufacturers, et cetera, we want them to have access to the user community that we've built at Octopart as well, too. We believe that the user community at Octopart will benefit from these providers. Um, and we believe mm-hmm. that, uh, that their services are, are, are valuable in helping to solve problems across the industry. So I think the Octopart serves the Nexar business unit and kind of th- those two dimensions, it, both as far as, as being that rich source of part data, but also bringing a mm-hmm. very curated and engaged user community to the table at the same time. Yeah, 
a subject near and dear to my heart (laughs) (laughs) as the director of communication. Well, I do really think that scenario that you teed up with the feedback loop and even more so is something we see every year at Altium Live that, that, um, when you put all the stakeholders together, just magic happens and solutions happen. And, um, I really love this vision of sort of a centralized community where, um, both in person, but really digitally in the cloud to have this seamless experience of being able to access, um, users to partners, partners to users. And, and no doubt there's going to be innovation, that comes comes out of this. So it's a really exciting time. Absolutely. I if I just add one thing, Judy, it's that uh, mm-hmm. uh, you recently had some other Nexar leaders uh, as part of your podcast here. And, mm-hmm. uh, and, and I did. And uh, Ted and, uh, and Lee. Um, and, 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 mm-hmm. and, and Ted mentioned something in that podcast that I think is worth reiterating. And that is that, that a lot of the ideal behind Nexar is in service of the industry. We're trying to solve industry-wide problems um, and, yep. and, and approaching it from a very humble perspective that, uh, that again, we want to fit inside of, of the workflows that users have today um, and, mm-hmm. and, and, and allow for that. Yeah, it's a really good point. And it's a powerful point that just like Octopart and other business units here at Altium, even our development team for Altium Designer, Altium 365, we're, we're just inviting people to the party to re to imagine how this will work together because there's lots that we're blind to right historically we've been a software developer we don't know all the pain points of say ems or fabrication or simulation and so we're really sort of setting the table for this community which i think is going to be a really powerful experience so i'm really looking forward to to uh how that sort of unfurls over the next Um, months and years. So, um, okay. So the elephant in the room, Octopart, you're doing amazing things, amazing work here. And then, you know, design engineers, purchasing people are hitting this wall of shortages. So can you give us, I'm sure you, your team always has just eagle eyes on this, these kind of trends and where we're headed. So, you know, as of today, um, where would you say sort of the state of the industry is and um, component shortages and just where are we today? Yeah, so uh, I, I, I'd like to start by saying that, uh, you know, I, I, I know you do as well, too, but I have a pretty big network of, of, uh, of folks that I keep regular contact with in the industry. And um, there is a universal response of, of just that nobody was prepared for this and nobody can believe mm-hmm. um, both, uh, both the, uh, the saturation that we have of shortages of how many there are and the duration of them. Um, that this is something that it looks like it's gonna continue for, for pretty long into the future. Um, I can say in my time in the electronics industry, I can't remember a time when uh, when our industry was front page news on a day-to-day basis, whether yeah. it's automotive plant closures, of which I'm not sure if you saw, but Hyundai was the latest that uh, that announced something this week that they are uh, they are shuttering a facility in Alabama for a period of time due to semiconductor shortages. Um, there, there's and 
Um, we've heard about obviously uh, Ford and their problems and GM and their problems here in the States as well, too. Right. So it's uh, um, it's certainly something that uh, that has become kind of uh, almost like common news. And, and, and that, mm-hmm. that's that's rare for for this industry to be front page on a regular basis. Um, you bet it is. I was, you know, the. I've seen a lot of thought leadership pieces lately. Um, I'm sure we're all we're all paying attention to them, but <laughs> but the the SIA, the Semiconductor Industry Association, um, has recently announced that they expect this this trend to continue for at least the better part of another year, if not into a couple of years, and they expect semiconductor growth to be somewhere in usage of semiconductors to be up nearly 50% over the next decade. So so these are trends I don't think we're going to see go away. Um, and I don't think there's a lot of short-term relief with regard to the capacity investments that we've heard about are not going to be online and live in the near future. So I no, it takes a long time to set up foundries and facilities. This is not a a short-term fix. Yeah, precisely. And uh, and and so I I think that this is uh, this is certainly uh, a time that 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 folks are going to benefit from having access to part data, having access to information that can help make informed decisions. Um, and, and we think that that's a great place where Octopart serves an industry need. Um, I will say that that the activity on Octopart has been absolutely unprecedented. Um, we we saw nothing before maybe December of last year uh, that would give any indication that that the, of, of the activity that was to come. Um, and uh, um, and and at this point in time, the activity on Octopart is suggesting that nothing is slowing down at this point. In fact, we see activity accelerating mm. and continuing to accelerate around part part demand and part scarcity. Um, and uh, it, it really is, uh, Judy. And, and, and again, I, I've, uh, um, when I've described this to our team, um, I've run out of superlatives. I've run out of ways to, 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 to express my, my surprise and my disbelief as to, you know, how did we really end up here? And, uh, um, yeah. And so, uh, so anyway, uh, it just it just feels to me like uh, like at this point in time, everybody's waiting for the the um, um, you know the the photo negative of what we're seeing today. We're waiting for the inevitable overcorrections that you often see in the component space. Yes. Um, and we see no mm-hmm. indications that that is uh, on the near term horizon. Yeah, I was talking to Chris Church from Macrofab earlier today, and he was saying that the trend in um, non-countable, non-refundable orders is spiking yeah. yep. because they're they're afraid of that backlash of people over-ordering or hoarding, hoarding like we did in 2018, and then you know be in a bad place. But it seems like the industry's mostly it's just saying, okay, I mean. Probably not that easily, but um, it seems to, you know, this this trend seems to be emerging because a- absolutely the risk is high. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that uh, um, we're never going to get away from uh, speculation being a big part of this industry. Um, and, mm-hmm. and that is certainly something that plays a role in this. The, the signal that we have, though, lends us to believe that the, that the fidelity of our signal is, is leading us to believe that there is uh, very strong demand out there and there's very large constraints mm-hmm. when it comes to, to, to parts. And then just to make it fun, we have geopolitical 
stirrings all around the world and you know investments and it's it's a messy playing field and so i think everybody is just like please give me a morsel of you know what i can expect but i think we're all in yeah, this yeah. You, together you mix and, in the the volatility we're seeing in commodities pricing right now you mix in uh the challenges with, with transportation right now um and uh and it, and it makes for uh for very challenging times when it comes to to realizing designs at this point. Well, before I let you go, thank you for sharing your thoughts. Um, before I let you go, the final point I wanted to ask you about, Dan, was um, what what's on the horizon? What are you looking forward to without giving us any promises? <laughs> um, what are things you and your team are looking at to tackle um, going forward. For yeah, Park. absolutely. And I'll, I'll try to keep this relatively short uh, because I, I could talk for hours about this, but uh, <laughs> uh, because there are a lot of things out there that we'd like to solve for and help uh, help our users and help our, our partners with. But 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 I would say that that one of the, the big priorities right now for us is that is that Octopart has historically been a source of, of data. Um, and when I say that, like we've been a source of individual data points. Um, and we're trying to do more with our data at this point in time to provide greater insights to our to our user community and and and, and to our partner network, uh, in, in both of them. Um, and when I say that, uh, what I mean is 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 we really have not editorialized data in any way. We've just presented it historically. Hmm. What we're what we're going to try to do going forward is do a better job of helping to spot trends. Um, helping to, to, to identify for, for, again, for users and partners alike, what do we think is the state of the industry and what do we think is, is going to be impactful to somebody's day-to-day -day work. Um, so I'm really excited about uh, the, the work we're doing on a, on a data front um, and, and that the, the way that that will be integrated with some of the features we'll be releasing later this year. Um, the, the other thing I'd like to note too is that we, we, see, uh, we see CAD and CAD models, schematic symbols, footprints as being something um, where we haven't really made octopart.com a destination for CAD. And that is something that we want to change mm. um, and that we have on our product roadmap to, to really enhance that user experience um, and the availability mm -hmm. of CAD, not just from a part number perspective, but from a format coverage perspective as well, too. Um, and, uh, mm. and, and so that is something that, uh, that is on the near term roadmap for us as well to, to sell for that. So, um, look forward to, 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 to interesting things to come there. Yeah. Well, it's no small feat. What, what's your guess on how many parts there are in the world? Do you have a number? <laughs> well, or a if, guess? If, we're just, if, if we're talking about public parks that are not uh, customer specific, we're, we're probably approaching 75 or 80 million parts. Yeah. Um, Just, and if you include uh, customer-specific parts and customer-specific applications, there's probably um, something around 25% more than that as well, too, that exists out there. Yeah. So, Dan, have fun managing all that data with their team. <laughs> Absolutely. And getting CAD models. Well, you guys are ambitious, but you're doing a great job, and I think you're doing great work for the industry. So thanks so much for hopping in. I know you're a very busy guy these days, and thanks so much for hopping in and informing our listeners of what's going on at Octopart. Thanks so much for the invitation, Judy. It was a real pleasure speaking with you. Appreciate yeah. it. We need to do this more often, Dan. <laughs>
I, I promise I'll be back. Just, just okay. ask me uh, okay. whenever, you, whenever you're ready for me to come back, let me know. Okay, I'll hold you to that. For our listeners, thanks so much for joining us today. I hope you really enjoyed this conversation with Dan Schoenfelder of Octopart. Um, so you know I'm going to put lots of links in the show notes before our Octoparts website. You can look into their embeddable experiences. I'll put in that SIA um, website that that Dan mentioned, and I'll also put in the podcast he mentioned about Nexar with Ted Pauwella and Lee Gon. So we'll look forward to seeing you next time. Until then, remember to stay healthy, stay safe, and always remember to stay on track.